Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Hey, can we put our hands together already for our great guests? Thank our band as well for this morning. Tech team, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But we are in this, uh, in this moment in the series of talking about uh, relationships with the whole heart of speaking to together doing life together, staying together and increasing the opportunity of remaining together and bringing others into that. And so I'm really honoured this morning to be able to have some friends with us uh, that's gonna give us the opportunity to just ask some questions and just really speak from a place of experience please, and really believe and we'll speak from a place of just God's leading uh, in this area because who knows, relationships take a bunch of work right? And they take that, they never just land and that's it forever. There's always a working, there's always a moving forward and so um, I thought maybe just real quickly, maybe an introduction and if there's something we don't know about you, all right? That's not too hard because there's probably a lot of people that don't know you. So you could just say your age or something like that or <laughs> what, 25? We are so not saying my age. <laughs> Go for it, Jacinta. Yeah, so my name's Jacinta. I'm married to the amazing Joe. I'm probably <laughs> here because, um, I'm probably up here because we've been married for 10 years and so conflict is well known. And <laughs> Also, how to recover from it, so that's me. Good. Kirsty? Hi, I'm Kirsty, and I've got two little boys, which are awesome, and I'm married to Jason. Um, I don't know what else to say. Um, as a kid, I was in an ad for gummy bears when I was little, which is a bit weird. <laughs> that's my little fact. Hi, everybody. My name is Sally. I'm married to David. We have uh, five children, eight grandchildren, one dog, and... Um, a lot of people don't know I was actually born in Malta. There you go. Wow. We've also got Colin from Mongolia. <laughs> I actually was hey, at the zoo. I was at the zoo, Wirribi Zoo, and they had Mongolian horses. Yeah. And, we got, and they are. Yeah, oh, and I just like, I just saw a picture of Colin riding. Yeah. That, that wasn't a picture. I actually pulled into the, uh, the car park today <laughs> on a Mongolian horse. Um, my father was Genghis Khan. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, my name is Colin, and uh, I'm married to the wonderful Alana, and we have a nine-month-year-old Sam, so he's an absolute delight. And I have two fur children, Scout and Henri. They're three and four, which in dog years is 28 and 32. So uh, I have mature-age children, and um, something you might not know about me, I have no secrets, I have nothing that you probably don't know about me, because today we're talking about relationships, and it's about being open and honest, and... Um, as you all know, I'm very open and honest. I've got nothing to hide, nothing to, uh, to share that's new. So uh, more about that a little bit later. <laughs> I have a feeling we don't know really where this is going to go, which is awesome. So let's start with the scripture. All right, it might be the only one you get. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Just read this this morning um, and uh, Ephesians 4. And Ephesians 4, the book of Ephesians is amazing. The Apostle Paul is writing from a prison to the churches and a lot of his letters are giving instruction as to how to conduct themselves personally, right? Things to embrace, things to uh, do away with and really just shape their personal lives. And then in Ephesians, he's speaking to the church in Ephesus and he's actually talking about, uh, in chapter four here, actually how do we stay and operate as the church, right? It's a really good book to get your head around because we are that church, right? And so, um, and so I really want to encourage us, I'm not going to go through the whole chapter, but chapter four is a brilliant chapter and actually how it shapes the way 
that we are actually supposed to do relationship with one another and operate within the church. And it's really empowering because it's not about what we have done in our strength, but it's about the fulfilment of what Christ has already done. And so it's actually very empowering, but there is responsibility to us. But I love how it starts and the message version does it brilliantly. It says, in light of all of this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk better. Yet run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out, listen, for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences, which means we put holes in each other's fences, right? You were all called to travel on the same road in the same direction, so stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. Wow. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all and is present in all. How good is that? Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. How amazing is that? This whole principle of together, this whole principle of realising, come on, in all of our differences, actually we're united in Him, right? We're united as one. And so I wanted to start this question and maybe cursed for you, but I would have to say that forgiveness is one of the greatest keys and gifts to remaining together. And the Bible talks about this, you know, like, you know, turn the other cheek. Do I forgive seven times? No, 70 times, seven (laughs) times, right? This reality that He's made it a clear command. So let's maybe open the topic and start the conversation with forgiveness. Have there been moments for you or how have you seen forgiveness when it comes to doing life with others and uh, and what's God taught and showing you? Yes, so good. And that verse um, about 70 times seven, I read that and I thought, God is not asking us to get better at math. So there are people out there who are like, I could totally run a spreadsheet. I could keep track of 70 times seven. (laughs) Such a hilarious thought that God's like, actually, I want you to lose track, you know. I want you to be so full of grace for each other that it'd be impossible to keep track of. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to share a quick story. Um, So a couple of years into being married, perhaps three years into being married, it's been about eight years now, we hit a really hard time in our marriage and spoiler alert, things are great now because God is the God who restores and God is so faithful to us and when we hand Him our pain and our brokenness and we're committed to journeying it out and particularly with others and getting some great um, wisdom into that space, there honestly isn't anything that He can't repair. So spoiler alert on that front in case you're wondering where it's going. So yeah, a couple of years in, we kind of found ourselves in this place where... um, Jace had made some choices that kind of compromised the integrity of our marriage and he's happy for this story to be shared. We're chatting about it last night. And um, we got to this place where there was a a lot of hurt and there was this real big wall between us. And we got to this place where it just felt like this is not working. There's a real brokenness here. And there's a pain because there's a covenant, right? You make this commitment to love each other. And when you're in that space of, wow, we've really broken some fences here, what do we do? Um, and there was a real call and invitation from God to, to forgive. And that, that was definitely a journey. Right. Um, and for me, I felt a lot of pain and justified pain. Um, but 
But I knew that what God wanted for us was restoration and it was wholeness. And there was this great journey together where we were in church together, we had community come around us and, you know, have two people pouring their hearts out and who journeyed with us for a period of time where we got great input and we're able to get to this place of going, we have confessed the brokenness, we are making changes, we are committed to actually putting our actions behind our words of forgiveness and saying we are, you know, we're in this together, we're fighting for unity, we're fighting for our marriage. So it was a painful season and it can be hard to forgive and I think I was a really poor forgiver before that experience, if I'm honest, slow at forgiving, reticent to forgive, but what God showed me through that time was, wow, how much has he forgiven me? Right. And that was huge for me too, going on that journey with the Lord. Amazing. So I think from that time, I just want to say that, um, you know, when you're in pain, there's, there's also this urge to retreat. But the amazing thing about being part of God's family is, you know, to invite people into that space. You know, you've got a family, like don't isolate yourself when you're in pain. It's, it's such a natural instinct, but God has so much better for us. Yeah. And the wisdom and the love that people poured out on us, honestly, it gave us so much confidence in yes. God's ability to restore. And He has done so much. I mean, what a joy to have that as a testimony. It doesn't have any barb in my heart anymore because God can dig that out, right? He gives us hope. And I'm so glad to be married, right? Eight years and having such a better unity than we had before, right? But having to fight for it. So yeah, that's one example, yeah. Yeah, amazing, so good. Well, thank you for being open and sharing your story, it's powerful. So maybe just to flow on that and having prepared this, uh, you know, how do you, and anyone else can ask this, but how do you get past the threshold of actually like broaching the subject? Right, because it's like you can have something, you can be harboring something someone doesn't know about. How do you actually get to the point that you bring that up and maybe even some keys? Uh, and how do, you, how do you get there? How do you get to the conversation? What's the environment? How do you, you know, like, how do we put the, what's on the table on the table? I didn't prepare them for this. This is just an open <laughs> conversation, but it's good. I'm happy to jump in. Um, I think forgiveness is such an important, important, important topic. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, you know, uh, Kirsty's story is just so incredible about how uh, hurt can happen in a close relationship, but it can happen in any relationship, you know. And one of the most amazing journeys that I've seen uh, in my life is watching um, my wife journey with an area of unforgiveness towards God, where she felt like she suffered an injustice when her mum passed away suddenly at the age of 10. And, you know, this is before she came to faith. But when she came into faith, she was asking these questions and, and realised that she had a sense of unforgiveness against God. And just on a side note, if you, if you think that you can carry unforgiveness in your heart and have an intimate, deep, personal, life-giving relationship with God, you can't. It's that simple. The Bible says in the Beatitudes in, in, in Matthew 5, 6, it says, if you come to the altar to give a sacrifice and you have a dispute with your brother, you lay that sacrifice down and you resolve that issue with your brother. Because whatever you harbour in your heart will act as a barrier to your relationship with God. You're going to carry that hurt. You're going to carry that resentment. And spoiler alert, there's going to be a lot of spoiler alerts today. You're going to carry that into every relationship that you have. The baggage you have from your previous relationship that maybe ended badly and you're holding that to unforgiveness, you're going to bring into your relationship with your future partner 
you know, with your future friends, with your future connect group. And relationships, um, obviously, it's so amazing because it's so simple. It's openness. It's trust. Yeah. It's shining a light. It's not wearing a mask, a facade. It's selfless, you know, and all those kind of things. Yeah. But when it comes to unforgiveness, the reality is in a church environment where we're family and we're knitted together by God, we are the most eclectic, random, strange group of people. And, you know, you're not going to get along with every single person, but we are called to love one yeah. another. Yeah. And it's such an amazing challenge that God puts before us to love one another. And it's about getting a revelation of His love. And I love what it says in Corinthians, says that we love because He loved us first. And if you try and love within your own strength, then you know, you're going to run into trouble. And I think it's the same with unforgiveness. Mm. And, you know, when there's that wounding, you really need God to allow God to do that work in your heart. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a deep thing sometimes. And, you know, how do you, I suppose, getting back to the question, <laughs> how do you broach that? Like, how do you approach it? Like, the reality is sometimes you've got unforgiveness and you've got offence and the other person has no idea. Yeah, and true. I suppose that's kind of the angle I want to come for myself is firstly, you've got to deal with the innermost parts of your heart, you know, and I think having that self-awareness and you get that self-awareness through prayer, reflection, mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with community to speak to your innermost parts, your friends, some of your friends know you better than you know yourself because we are masters due to our fallen nature at lying to ourselves and creating narratives to justify our baggage, <laughs> you know, the things that annoy people, the things that repel people. Just get around a friend you trust and say, hey, you know, tell me about me. What are the things that I could improve on? And you'd be surprised by the answers you get. So I suppose, like, how do you get to that place where you can bring it to the table? I would say first prayer. Look at yourself. Lay it bare. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be ugly. And often it's us that needs to change, not the other person. Mm. And I uh, just wanted to add that in terms of um, broaching the subject, I guess it depends on whether you want to, right? Like, do you actually like the person? Do you, if, you, if you love them, if you really want a relationship, then you're going to fight for it. Yeah. And fighting is sometimes hard. You've got to put, your, put the sword in your hand. You've got to go and you've got to, you know, lay that thing bare. Um, but if you don't care, then why are you fighting? But then God tells us to love everyone. So I guess we're meant to care, right? Yeah. So time to, you know, lift some weights, pull, up, pull on that sword and... Go for it because I want to live and be surrounded with people that I love yeah. and I don't want to have broken relationships. So I will fight. I might hurt you a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, um, but then there's healing in that, right? Absolutely. And when scars heal, things are stronger. Do you know, yeah. like the tissue's tougher. Yeah. And that's what relationships are like. When you've gone through a breakage and you're brave enough to face it, yeah. it actually grows back stronger. Yeah. You're tied closer together. Love that. Sally, anything you want to love to add? Oh, yeah, if you can. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe the older we get, the more practised we have to get with forgiveness. And, and sometimes the other person, you don't actually love them. Um, you did love them. And just thinking of an example that goes way back when a lady that was on a church team that we had pastored and loved and nurtured and helped actually came back years later and made shocking allegations completely unfounded about my husband. Now, when that happened, I, 
I told myself I had a righteous anger, but it wasn't that, it was rage, because all the ladies in the room will know, anyone comes at your man or your children and you wanna get out there and fight for him. The one thing that God spoke to me during this whole season was zip your lip. Do not say anything to anybody. You know, it took two years before this issue was resolved and a whole lot of investigation and stuff. And she could have totally destroyed my husband's integrity and his ministry, absolutely everything. And after two years, she came into the office and um, she just sat there and said, yeah, I made it all up. I, I was in a really needy place and like, I didn't mean to hurt you. Otherwise, like I would have told more people. Well, do you know it was actually harder for me to forgive her after she said that? I'm thinking, we've been here for two years going through hell and you just can walk in and go nonchalantly, oh yeah, I, I didn't mean right. anything by it. And it was absolutely horrendous, but it was at that point that God put his finger on my heart because I was angry, I was hurt, I was in a whole lot of pain. And I learned a lot of things about forgiveness because forgiveness takes courage. Forgiveness takes humility. Forgiveness is not a one-off thing. Um, you forgive someone with all of your heart and then you hear something or, you know, your mind does these things where it, it brings to your remembrance. So when, remember she did this as well and she, and it's like you find yourself back where you started from but forgiveness, you have to go back. And, you know, I became very well acquainted with the carpet in this little study, in a study area and I would go there sometimes two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning and the reason I would go there was not because I loved her, but because I knew my heart was toxic. And I knew that wasn't how God wanted my heart to be. And some of you in the room, people will have done things to you or or situations have occurred and this person doesn't deserve your forgiveness in your heart, but it's actually not about that person. It's about you, because when you forgive somebody, you are releasing yourself. Yes, you're releasing them, but you are releasing yourself and you are bringing freedom into your own heart because if we don't forgive, toxic things happen and roots, things take root, anger takes root, bitterness takes root. it hurts to have a root in your heart and it actually hurts to allow God to pull it out. And you have to go back and back and back. Um, Someone said to actually harbour these things in our hearts, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person, you know, to get sick. And it doesn't work like that. So don't think that forgiveness is a glib thing. There are deep issues in so many of our hearts and it's about, you know, at the end of this process, I could look at this girl and go, you're just a sad person. I had empathy for her instead of anger toward her. So we've got to do, and this is something that will affect every single person in the room. It's about your heart and its contents. Beautiful. So good. Come on, I think we can thank God for it lived out. You know, and it's amazing after moments like this and other years, we've had these conversations about forgiveness. And, you know, please don't feel like, and I think what Sally was referring to was a pretty significant area of offence. But I know that for some of us, we have uh, levels of relationship that you can go, oh, yeah, it's easy because what you're talking about is so light, but you don't understand the weight 
of offense, the weight of hurt, the weight of mistrust or abuse that's happened in my life. And we're not just scathing over it like everything's just so easy. But I remember talking after a session just like this at the back of the auditorium a couple of years ago to a wonderful woman here and in a beautiful marriage with kids and stuff like that and just going, I just don't even know where to start with forgiving my dad. I have no, nothing in me that wants to. And I said, well, that's the very start point, isn't it? God, would you help me even want to? Just let that be your prayer. Just start there. God, would you even just help me even want to forgive him for what he's done in my life? And, and Craig, was crazy. Can I, sorry, can I just jump in? I forgot to say, to forgive the person is not to condone what they did. It's not to say Absolutely. that was okay. It wasn't when I forgave this woman to say, I'm completely okay with what you did. That is never going to be okay. But it doesn't hold me anymore. And you are not. And a lot of people won't forgive because they think it means it's releasing the other person and saying it's okay what you did when it's not. Sorry. No, it's great because it adds to the reality, the rest of the testimony, is that it was only about 12 months, 18 months later that talking to this person again, that they said, you know what? Actually, God started to soften my heart to the point that I reached out to him on Facebook to make a connection. Little did I know that he was in such a place of despair that he was actually considering ending his life because of the things he's carried in his own life due to the life he's lived. And that point of connection did something in his heart that restored this possibility that maybe it's worth continuing on and actually restored an opportunity literally for life to be saved because it started with someone going, okay, if that's the start point, God, would you just help me want to? Come on, it could be at the most, it just, it's, the chasm is huge. What's done isn't mistakeable or excusable, but God wants to bring freedom, not just in you, but I know in the other person as well. And it's just such an important, important thing. And that's where I just think so important in this time where cancel culture is seen as the solution. Yes. Just cancel them out of your life. Get them out of your world. You don't have to see them anymore. Defriend them. Don't follow them. Change job. Disconnect. Go to a different church. They won't be in the same room anymore. Cancel them out of your life. I'm telling you, that is one of the most toxic things that is happening in society today. In the branch of health and personal freedom and all that kind of stuff, it is locking up, locking up. I love what the Bible says. It says this in the same chapter four of Ephesians, be kind and compassionate. No, it does say that too. Uh, but it says in verse 26, it says, do not, uh, in your anger, do not sin. That's important. <laughs> do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Come on, let's not lighten the fact that when we cancel people out and just decide we're not going to go there, foothold, 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 foothold. And all of a sudden, our lives aren't getting bigger. Our lives are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's not the, that's not the arms of together. Together says, come on, I've taken a few blows. I've got a few scars, but my arms are open. Come on, my heart's ready to love again. And let's just keep believing from that place. And so, so, so good. I mean, um, I'm just trying to look. We've got so much here. Let, let's jump into this one and then we'll go back to, to another one. So we always say that as a church, we are a family. I love what we're talking about before. The reality is, as we understand and if we say clearly here, is that we're, we're not perfect, right? We know a perfect saviour, but because we are human living in a human fallen world, there's moments that come on, not everything we do is perfect. We're gonna offend people. I'm gonna hurt people with what I say or the way I don't say hello to you or whatever else uh, goes on. But how, how do we ensure that in our church environment, come on, that we keep actually dealing with the areas of offence, that we keep, you know, like, you know, like if someone has been hurt previously in church and there is mistrust, what, what would be some guidance towards not hardening your heart 
and not just labeling every church is like that. All leaders do that. But again, entrusting ourselves so that we can really flourish in God's house and wanna put our roots down. And, you know, because we're called to be a church that's gonna restore the things that have been broken. And let's just be honest, come on, there's moments in these environments of family, come on, that we get hurt uh, or misled or miscommunicated. So what's some ways of ensuring our church health is a place of health and, and reconciliation? Yeah, I had a few thoughts on that. Just that, um, firstly, it's really courageous to open your heart again. And it can feel easier just to hide away, right? Like we all get hurt and we all hurt each other and it can feel like a real risk to think about dealing with some of our wounds and dealing with some of the mess. Um, But something that came to mind was just around the vision that God has for the church and coming back to, well, why be part of it at all, right? Like why come and be part of what God is doing here on the earth? And that verse came to mind, it's in John, it's where Jesus is having like one of his final chats with the disciples and all the things they've journeyed with over the past three years, he's trying to impart a few little bits of wisdom before he goes back to the Father. But one of the things he says is about us and it's about the people who will believe um, after he goes back. And he says that what he wants for us as believers is to be as unified as the Trinity is, to have the same unity as the Trinity. Like, wow, the level of that. And that the world will know that God is true because of our unity, which is like, what a high calling is that, that when the world looks at us and they can see how we love, and yes, we're imperfect, and yes, there's journeys to go through, but when we fight for unity, we're fighting for God's vision, and right. we're actually giving credibility to the claim that, you know, what, what God did is so much bigger. Yeah. And I think what a privilege to be part of His kingdom, right? Yes. And I've gone through seasons myself where I've loved being part of church, and I do love being part of church, um, and I've had seasons where I felt really wounded, And I've had to fight to fall back in love with church, if you will, but it's been a hard choice. It's been a choice. And what a privilege to be part of what God does, hey? Absolutely. So good. Anybody else? Feel free to jump in. Yeah, that was kind of what I was thinking is, you know, we all hear about it, you know, for those of us who have been in church for a little while, about the way that we can offend one another and get offended all the, you know, what the preacher says, or maybe you're offended that like, you know, your selection of tea isn't available at the tea and coffee station or, or whatever it may be. But again, kind of similar to what I was saying before, I really just want to throw it back on us. You know, like if you're someone who's easily offended or you're getting offended over what Craig says on, on the platform or you're offended over the, the tea, I know that's a big issue. Or if you're someone that bounces from church to church and you carry that offense and you're looking for the perfect church, then maybe the issue isn't necessarily with church or with others, but maybe the issue was a little bit with you. And I wanted to throw that on you. And again, challenge that concept of your ecclesia. Like, how do you visualize and how do you conceptualize church? And, you know, the Bible talks about finding like family, but as well putting your roots down. And then maybe, maybe you haven't allowed yourself to put your roots down and to be with family, warts and all. Like, we don't choose our family. Right. You know, who would change their family, like, if you could? Well, a lot of us probably would, you know. Don't answer that. Uh, we'll take, you know, Aunt Helen out here and we'll put, you know, Uncle Jack back in or, you know, or from this other family or, you know. And I've heard of people that have completely cut off ties with their natural family and they've created their own community family. And it's just that culture of, you know, like Craig was talking about, cancelling. You know, if someone disagrees with you, yep, you're out of my life. 
you know. But this is the nature of church. It's diverse. It's crazy. It's multi-generational. It's multicultural. And we are all united by the love of Christ. And when we get in the way of that, that's when the issues come, you know. And I just want to encourage you, if you're not part of a connect group, get, you know, put your roots down in a connect group and give it a go. And don't just date the connect group one or two times, but really get to know people, open your heart, shine a light on who you are, you know, bring yourself warts and all, you know, and and, and even if you're struggling because you feel like people aren't opening up, be the example, you know, say, hey, look, this is a real struggle in my life, you know, or this is something I've journeyed through. And then you'd, you'd be amazed at then people will start to follow up because we all want to open up. We, none of us want to live in isolation. But we live in such an independent, isolated environment. And the only community we find are people who agree exactly like us, maybe in a subgroup on the internet. No, 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 no. Get real. This is the church. Like it's not online. It's here. Not just Sundays, but it's Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Get connected with each other through the week. Have coffee, you know. Mums, get together. You know, guys, get together and just talk life, you know. And um, that's probably my thing. You know, if you're easily offended by those things, I take that to God and just say, what is it that's in my heart? That like, what am I, what am I avoiding here? Am I avoiding church? Am I avoiding being open? Am I hiding something? You know, and those are the types of questions that the Holy Spirit will shine upon your life. Yes. And yeah, that's, that's, that's just me. It's like, stop blaming others. Have a look at your own heart. You know, and I think even on that, uh, I was just thinking as well about unforgiveness, so massive. If you, like often the people we refuse to forgive, like we want them out of our lives, but unforgiveness is literally like being handcuffed to that person. You will carry that person with you through the bond of unforgiveness into every area and every part of your life. If you don't, snip it with bolt cutters, or have a key or something, I don't know. So good. I think um, your question talked about the culture in church, right? Yeah. And um, and the, my answer just went straight on my brain. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Um, it. It's this. Is that if you come to me and you say to me, I have been hurt in church and I don't know how to trust, I will say to you, come take my hand. Come hang out with me for a while and see what I'm like. I'm going to take you to people that I know that I trust and I'm going to say, hey, why don't you get to know this person? You're going to get to watch them, see the authenticity because hearts hurt and hearts are vulnerable. And as you see that people are real, then you'll go, okay, I might just open up my little bit of my heart. You know, so there's both. There's There's the side where we need to take responsibility as individuals, but also as a church, we need to like bring people in and love them too and say, I got you, I hear you, I get it. But it's okay. It's not every church. It's not every person. Let me show you the truth. Yeah, beautiful. Love that. Pastor Sally, you're a wealth of wisdom. Is there anything you want to add? I'll, I'll be really brief. Um, so hurt and offence are actually two different things. Um, I think hurt is more about your feelings and your heart. Offence is more with your mind. So, you know, something has has happened or someone has said something and it's been my experience that if anyone has ever been brave enough to come to me or my husband as senior pastors that and have expressed something, you said this and you believe that, and we've been able to say, actually, you misunderstood. That's not what we said. Go back and listen. Mm. And often people will get offended by what they think they saw or by what they think they heard. So if you are that person, 
you know, if Pastor Craig said something um, that offended you, make time. Say, yeah. hey, you know, can I email? Can I talk? Can we have coffee? Whatever. And say, so when you said that, this is how I felt. Because sometimes we apply our situation and our past and our perspective. Beautiful overlay it on something that Pastor Craig or anyone else in the congregation has said, and it's not accurate. It's a a false perception. So I would encourage you, if there is something little that happens, but I didn't think that church was like that, go and ask somebody for goodness sake. Don't just make a judgment on one thing and take offense and, you know, deal with it. Yeah, beautiful. So good. And I've been so grateful for people who have come up to me and said stuff. So grateful. Kirsty emailed me once when we did something on stage once. That was literally, in the motive and the heart was just a whole lot of fun. And I love Kirsty's awareness. I love her understanding and perspective from different areas and different cultures and, and stuff like that to go, hey, in, in light of that, this is how that could have been taken. And I remember first reading it going, oh, that wasn't the intent at all. But I love the area of communication because it actually opened up a conversation us to talk through that and realise, hey man, there's ways that you see it that are so beneficial because I never thought like that. I never saw it like that. But I trust your maturity and I, I trust your heart for God's house. And I know it's out of a place of authenticity. So there's actually been increased times. I've gone to Kirsten and gone, hey, this is something we're thinking. What do you reckon around that? Because you understand that area better than I do. And it's actually strengthened who we are rather than actually disfranchised who we are. I've loved it when people have come up to me and said, hey, just so you know, those first couple of years, I was actually really offended at you guys. I was like, oh, thanks, had no idea. <laughs> but just want you to know, I've, I've just forgiven you and I just feel like I'm really grateful to be a part of this community. And I'm like, I'm so grateful you could get that off your chest. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, I don't want to upset them. Oh, they're yeah. too busy. Don't let that lie of the enemy come. <laughs> Seriously, if it means it enables us to unify, it means that gets that seed or that root out yeah. and then all of a sudden that foothold's gone and actually there's now a greater arm of linking. Hey, let's link. Let's do it. Let's go for it. And, uh, and again, we're not perfect. We're not the one-stop shop. We don't hold people like this. We lead in love with an open hand. And, uh, and if it's not here, then all we're going to do is say, well, let's help find and locate the place that you can just give your best, sow your heart into it, go after it, because it's God's house. It's His body. It's His family. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, I thought maybe it's, there was about another seven different topics we were going to touch on. But I think it's just clear that God's just speaking to that area of unable to deal with the area of forgiveness in our heart and actually bring that in. And I think for all of us, there's, there's spaces. And I just feel for a few people, it's actually really just pressed upon your heart. And God's bringing situations. He doesn't even need to bring names. You know very clearly where that's at. And so we're actually going to close now. But I actually want us to do something that's real sovereign and really honest. And I'm going to ask Pastor Sally if you would pray because I really believe that there's an authority that comes when you've walked it out and lived it out and you've seen that. Not that either of us haven't, but I just believe it's a real blessing of ours to have Pastor David and Sally a part of life, generals in the faith that God's brought into this family. Uh, But we're going to pray. But if you're here and you're carrying a level of unforgiveness or offence or hurt in whatever area and you just know God's highlighted it and you just want to make a commitment, I'm going to start the journey. From the very point of even just saying, okay, God, I need your help to even go there to want to, through to the point of you know that it's just been an avoided conversation and you just got to make the time to do it. Whatever level it is, if you know there's an area that, and I just believe that for many of us there is, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel, you know, condemned, but have a conviction. And I'm actually asking every person in the room to close their eyes. No one in the room at all lifting their eyes. No one's going to identify hands that are raised. Every eye, myself included, closed. 
But I do want there to be a public acknowledgement and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to commit to breaking that. I'm going to commit to healing that. I'm going to commit to restoring that. I'm going to commit to inviting God into that. And in a moment, I want you just to lift your hand as a, keep it up. And as Pastor Sally prays and speaks in the Word of God and prays into this area, come on, we're going to believe for today to be a day of breakthrough in your life. In the name of Jesus, the pathway starts now to full reconciliation in Jesus' name. Jesus. So with every eye closed, every eye from tech team, to stage team, every eye closed. If that's you and you know it's an area God's highlighting and it's time to take the step, I want you to lift your hand, hold it up and receive and claim this prayer in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Pastor Sally. Lord God, we thank you for your word that tells us to guard our heart because yes, from it come all of the issues of our lives. Yes, Jesus. Father, I thank you for anyone with their hand raised this morning. Yes, you have touched their heart by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, they know that they need to open wide the gates of their heart, not to people or circumstances or situations, but to heaven right now. Yes. And I pray Holy Spirit, as they open up their heart, as they expose their wounds to you, as they expose the areas of pain and unforgiveness and hurt and disappointment, Father, that you will just come in like a flood, that yes. you will minister to them, that you will pour out your grace, Father, Jesus. and that the healing balm of your Holy Spirit yeah, will remove, will eradicate everything that should not be there. For those who are here with the, the, the past has tentacles. The past has tentacles and every now and again it wraps around their heart and it's like their heart is suffocating. Father, I speak freedom right now in Jesus' name. No matter what has happened, I speak freedom, Father. Lord, let the power of your Spirit reign in every single heart, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Come on, can we thank and honour and celebrate? We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.